Hey, this is Ami Rose on the 11th day of September 2021. Um, I'm coming here today to do the morning devotion, to read of the Word of God, listen to what God wants to say to us today on this blessed day that He has given us. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. So I'm going to be reading Second Kings um, according to my Bible companion, it's Second Kings 17 today, the 11th day of September. And so that's the first reading out of the Old Testament. And it starts in, um, in the 12th year of Ahaz, king of Judah, began Hoshea, uh, the son of Elah, to reign in Samaria over Israel nine years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, but not as the kings of Israel that were before him. Against him came up Shalmaneser, king of Assyria, and Hoshea became his servant and gave him presents. And the king of Assyria found conspiracy in Hoshea, for he had sent messengers to Saul, king of Egypt, and brought no present to the king of Assyria, as he had done year by year. Therefore the king of Assyria shut him up and bound him in prison. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land and went up to Samaria and besieged it three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hela in the harbor in the Heba by the river of Gozan, and in the cities of Medes. For so it was that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them up out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the kings of Israel, which they had made. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God, and they built city they built them high places in all their cities, from the tower of the watchmen to the fence city, and they set them up images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree, and there they burnt incense in all the high places as the the heathen again, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away from before them, and wrought wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger, for they served idols whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye from your evil ways, and keep your, my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I, I commanded your fathers, and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. Notwithstanding, they would not hear, but hardened their necks, like to the neck of their fathers, that did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant, and he made that he made with their fathers, and his testimonies which he testified against them, and they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not be do like them. 
And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves, and made a grove and worshipped all the host of heaven and served Baal. And they caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and used divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke the hymn to anger. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. And there was none left but the tribe of Judah only. Also Judah kept not the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel which they made. And the Lord rejected all the seed of Israel and afflicted them and delivered them into the hand of spoilers until he had cast them out of his sight. For he rent Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king. And Jeroboam drove Israel from following the Lord and made them sin, a great sin. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins of Jeroboam, which he did. They departed not from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had said by all his servants and the prophets. So was Israel carried away out of their own land to Assyria unto this day. And the king of Assyria brought men from Babylon and from Katha and from Eva and from Hanat and from Serpervim and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they possessed Samaria and dwelt in the cities thereof. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they feared not the Lord. Therefore the Lord sent lions among them, which sent some of them, which slew some of them. Sorry. Wherefore they spake to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations which thou hast removed and placed in the cities of Samaria know not the manner of the God of the land. Therefore he had sent lions among them, and behold, they slay them because they know not the manner of the God of the land. Then the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Carry thither out one of the priests from whom, ye, from whom ye brought from thence, and let them go and dwell there, and let him teach them the manner of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel, and taught them how they should fear the Lord, howbeit every nation made God's of their own, and put them in the house of the high places, which the Samaritans had made every nation in their cities wherein they dwelt. And the men of Babylon made Succoth, Benot, and the men of Koth made Nergal, and the men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avids made Nibaz and Tartak, and the Supervites burned their children in fire, to Adramalek and Anamalek, the gods of Supervim. So they feared the Lord and made unto themselves of the lowest of them priests of the high places, which sacrificed for them in the houses of the high places. And they feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Unto this day they do after the former manner they fear not the Lord, neither do they after their statutes, or after their ordinances, or after the law and commandment which the Lord commanded the children of, Israel, of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, Ye shall not fear other gods, nor bow yourselves to them, 
nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt with great power and a stretched out arm shall ye fear, and him shall ye worship, and to him shall ye do sacrifice. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandment which he wrote for you, ye shall observe to do forevermore. Ye shall not fear all the gods, and the covenant that I have made with you ye shall not forget. Neither shall ye fear other gods, but the Lord your God ye shall fear. He shall deliver you out of the land of all your enemies. Howbeit they did not hearken, but they did after their former manner. So these nations fear the Lord and serve their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. Yes, so that was the reading from Second Kings 17. Um, it's talking about the rebellion of the children of Israel and how they feared to, they did not fear God and they did exactly what they wanted to do and how God, um, like, he disciplined them by removing them out of his sight. And when he says removing them, when he says, he removed them out of his sight. What he meant is that he gave them up into captivity. He gave them up into captivity where they were removed out of the land that he had given them and taken away into the land of the um, the strange nations that served strange gods. Um, the same nations that they were copying and doing exactly um, what those nations were doing even though it was against what God had commanded them to do. So God said, okay, I'm going to send you guys there. If, if you guys want to follow after their manner of life, then go and live with them and get out of my land, out of my sight. And that is exactly what happened. And um, you see here that their cities became empty and the nations from the places that God... Um, sent them to were put into those cities the nations that served strange gods were put into those cities in their place and those nations also came under fire because god was not going to allow them to be in there doing what they want serving their gods in his land so he sent lions among them to teach them a lesson and they realized that hey we have to really come again and in desperation, they went and looked for some priests from somewhere to bring, to teach them how to serve God. But did that help? Obviously not. It didn't help. They just continued, they couldn't help themselves. They just continued disobeying and disrespecting God. And it just, you know, all these things are examples unto us. You know, you read about these people and how stubborn they were. And you, it's it's easy to just forget about how it applies to us and how we live our lives. But it is uh, the reason why it is recorded here is for us to learn a lesson from this. Look at our lives right now and look at how many times we are stubborn and disrespectful toward God. Because we just can't help it. We just need it to get our own way at all costs. 
And notice here that when God, when there was their sins, the sins of these people were being recorded. At no point was it mentioned that, oh, Satan was tempting them. No, they were responsible for their actions. And God held them responsible for their actions. So there is nothing like Satan tempting you to do things. Satan is not a supernatural being. It is your own heart. We are of flesh and we are easily tempted by sin. Because we're easily attracted to sinful things. And that is why we have to abide in God so that we can always have faith to be able to say no, to resist sin. And um, like you ask yourself, why were these people doing these things? They were doing it because they couldn't um, discipline themselves to like, they couldn't discipline themselves to cope with the struggles of life. You know, it's the same thing with us. As soon as we're going through some kind of difficulty in life, we feel like we need to do our things our own way in order to get our own results. And that is why we have to make sure that we stay close to God so that he can continue to give us the faith and the strength to be able to say no to sin, no matter how difficult the going gets. Because in life, we have all kinds of temptations we have all kinds of trials that come our way and you might ask yourself oh my goodness i'm trying so hard to live the straight and narrow but life just keeps getting more and more difficult for me i might as well go look for a more easier way to survive you know you look around you and you see people who don't even think about god seeming to thrive and you feel, what is the point? You know, if I'm trying so hard to live in accordance to the word of God, and I'm suffering like this, then what is the point? And this is probably what might have befallen these people. Because we fail to realize that as human beings on this earth, we are, we, we have a death sentence over our heads. And it's only through God that we can have victory over that death sentence whereas we can have hope of coming back to live an eternal life once christ returns to the face back to this earth we have a new hope of eternal life a better life but whilst we're on this earth and christ has not returned we are prone to anything and we have to realize that. And the only thing we can do is to stay close to God and hope in his mercy. And that is what it is. We're the children of Adam. And God has given us a new hope when Christ returns. That if we have lived in him, abided in him, through these difficult times, we have still loved him and abided in him with all of our hearts, then he will help us to be a part of that lovely kingdom where we would have eternal life and all these sorrows and pains and, and anxieties will pass away but if we're not able to do that and we just seek our comfort in this world then we have already rewarded ourselves and we have nothing to look forward to we have done it our way then what is we cannot have our cake and eat it you know you 
push God aside and you live your life exactly how you please and you were expecting to become a part of that kingdom, it is highly unlikely. It is highly unlikely based on what God has told us. It's only those who endure to the end. Those are the ones that are going to make the mark. And so that is what happened when it's hard for us to endure. That's what happens. We become like these uh, stiff-necked people, these stubborn people who just keep doing things to please ourselves. You know, serving all kinds of idols. And when I say idols, it's not literally, it's not always literally just bowing down to some kind of, you know, like um, some some ornament or anything. It doesn't necessarily mean bowing down, praying to an ornament. When it says serving idols, idols are the pleasures of life that we enjoy on a daily basis. The the ones, the very ones that we feel we cannot do without. The very ones that we put in the place of God. When you wake up in the morning, that thing that you think about that takes the place of God. You know, instead of going to pray to God and read your Bible and think about how I'm going to please God today. The thing that you think in place of that is the idol. That thing that you put in your heart every minute, every second of the day that makes you feel good, that gives you pleasure. And takes the place of God that you substitute for God in your heart on a daily basis. That is an idol. And it doesn't necessarily mean going on your knees and playing, uh, praying to an ornament. It means the pleasures that you substitute in the place of God every day. That you feel you cannot live without. And half of them, if not all are sinful things sinful things once it's taking the place of god it's sinful therefore we we should not think that oh we're not doing half of what these people are doing we're probably doing worse we're probably doing worse and therefore i leave you with this word let us try to endure the problems in this life so that we can have we can have God's grace to be a part of that better life to come there is no pleasure that can substitute what God has planned for us there is no pleasure in this world that can be better than what God has planned for us what pleasure it is oh have you know fighting for a whole set of money, doing all kinds of things to get a whole set of money, a whole set of friends, uh, to be able to, you know, have power and, 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 and dominion over other people. You know, like, what is that? How long would that last? And you want to know if these things are worth it? Look at the rich people around the world and tell me if you feel that they have the perfect life. If you feel like they have no problems if you feel like they have no debts in their family if you feel like they're invincible they never get sick and they will never die no they have not been able to overcome all of these things and as a result of that it is not worth it it is the pleasures they're enjoying can never come close to what god has planned for us 
And that is what I leave you with. Do not replace God for the pleasures of this world. Do not replace it. Do not replace God with the. Do not replace God with the pleasures of this world. It it is not worth it. You are serving idols when you do that. Overcoming your hardships and still staying on the straight and narrow and say, God, I love you nonetheless. I know I'm on this earth right now and I'm going to be prone to suffer, you know, suffer what life is on this earth. You know, that's what it is. You're living on planet earth. God's kingdom hasn't come yet. Accept, let's accept the life is not going to be rosy. We cannot have God's kingdom on this earth when it hasn't arrived yet. It's all about patience and discipline. It's not easy. And I can tell you it's not easy because I'm talking from example. Like I am going through a very difficult time in my life. And I have experienced difficulties all the time. Being mistreated by people, people that you haven't done anything to, just look at you and they just want to target you just because you don't live like them. They look at you, they feel, oh, you're not a part of us. You might, you think you're better than us or something. I don't know what it is that they think about, but these people just target you for no reason. The, it's like the more you try to be kind and peaceful towards people, the more they come against you. I have lived in neighborhoods where I have done everything to be to reach out to neighbors and to be kind to neighbors and all that I get is harassment and t intimidation. They would just send their kids to throw things at your 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 unit. Disturb your peace at all costs. They don't even care if you have kids. They would take your parking spot and then get angry every time you try to let them know how they're affecting you. And these are people you haven't done anything to. You haven't done anything to. You're just quietly focusing on God and trying to do what is right. And you're being a target by people. Acting all like they want to fight you and you want to know what, what, why do they want to fight me? Can they at least leave a note and say, okay, we want to fight you because we don't like the way you walk or we don't like the way you, you, your, your skin complexion is or something. No, people just come against you just like that. They don't even take time to let you know why they're mad at you. And this is the life we live. This is the life we live. And it's very easy for us to get frustrated and just walk away from God and look for you know, immediate solutions that are usually sinful. And that is when you're walking into the parts of the, of, of, of the devil and the devil, which is sin. That is when you have chosen sin over God. And that is when you are walking in idle territory because you are looking for all kinds of ways to pleasure yourself. Oh, my pleasure is to have vengeance over my neighbor 
So I'm going to put God aside and do this to please myself. And I am say, talking, saying this from experience. I'm saying this from experience because I have also fallen prey to these kind of thoughts. These kind of thoughts where I have wanted and looked for ways to immediately, you know, stop the problem. You know, I'm so fed up of these neighbors harassing me, intimidating me, and I'm just going to do this to stop it right away in its track. You know, and it's human nature. And we have to be mindful of these things. We have to be mindful of these things and pull ourselves together. It is very easy to forget these things when you're going through the motions. And that is why we have to surround ourselves with like-minded people who would encourage us and strengthen us in those weak times. We have to look out for friends like that who would encourage you to remember God's ordinances when you're going through difficult times. Not people who would just sit there and watch you go rightfully wrong. So I leave you with this word today. Let's be vigilant. Let's be watchful. Let's try to endure the pains of this earth. Knowing that we are on earth and we are patiently waiting that perfect kingdom that God is going to reward us with. When we are able to endure the pains of this world and to still love him and to be devoted to him. Love him, be devoted to him means being able to love everyone, even our enemies. Knowing that we serve a God of love who causes the rain and the sun to shine on everyone, regardless of how sinful we all are. I leave you with that. Be watchful, be full of love, and endure. Remember, we are waiting that perfect life. It's not come yet. It hasn't come yet. We shouldn't expect that perfect life now. We're not going to get it. No matter how much we try, we're not going to get it. You want to think, you want to know if anybody has the perfect life? Do a thorough research into the life of those people who appear to have all the money and everything else. You would see that it's not still not perfect. Don't worry with what you see on magazine covers and on the news and what and on the news and whatever. Like do your own research. Do these people see experience death in their life? Do these people have depression? Do these people suffer drug addictions? Do these people suffer broken marriages? Do these people have difficulty with parenting. All of these are problems of this world that we would never be able to overcome. And that is why we have to wait for that perfect life that God has promised to reward those who devote their life and their love to him, regardless of how difficult things are around them. So as we go through today and all kinds of hardship might come our way and all kinds of difficulties and frustrations, let's remember 
We are waiting that perfect life. It hasn't come yet. You might die whilst waiting for it, but that doesn't mean that you would not get into it. Whether or not you die before Christ comes, once you have devoted your life and your love to him, you will be in that kingdom. You will be in that perfect life. That perfect world. Let's wait patiently.